Hey, welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm joined today by Justin. Hello, Juz. Hey, hey. Um, so this week, Granit Xhaka won the Swiss Player of the Year um, and after some prompting from Mikel Arteta, he flew to Switzerland to accept the award before flying immediately back and in true Granit style, getting straight on with a business in hand and back in training. So uh, in honour of Granit, who's actually one of my favourite players ever, um, we want to take a look back at an amazing career. It, it had a it had a fast decline almost from the minute he got here and it, it went to a breaking point that I don't think anyone saw a way back from. And then there was a crazy renaissance and and now I think he's got to cult hero status. So um, so let's start from the beginning, Just 15-16, the year before he joined, we finished second behind Leicester. Um, it was a bit of a false position because it was a very strange year. All the top teams fouled. Everyone was dropping like flies. And even though we were second, we actually ended up with 71 points, which usually isn't even enough for top four. Um, the summer of 15-16, we actually got Granite wrapped up pretty early. Uh, and then it was the summer of Vardy, where we chased Vardy all summer, only for him to turn us down at the end. Yep. And then we had a, a late-era Wenger trolley dash, where we got the uh, magnificent trio late of uh, Skodran Mustafi, Lucas Perez, and Takumo Asana. So, looking back, Granite actually arrived into a club that was rapidly deteriorating, but at the time, we didn't really know that. So, how did you feel that summer and when we paid $34 million to the man who was going to solve all our defensive midfield problems? Well, you know, it's funny. Thinking about that summer, the, the first thing that, uh, that comes to my mind is uh, that Wenger press conference where... Uh, paraphrasing here because I'm just going by memory, but I believe they, you know, Wenger said something along the lines of, you know, I'm I'm not sure what position he is. Um, uh, you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, when uh, he he basically was playing down the fact that he was a defensive midfielder and pointed towards he might be more of a box-to-box midfielder. And, I mean, eight years later, John, before he's turned out to be right. But, yes, I, I do remember the press conference. Yeah, so that I find that really interesting because I feel like part of, you know, I don't I don't really want to call it a slow start because I mean he he has always been, you know, reliable and available for us, you know, red cards aside. Um I, I feel like that that perfectly encapsulates, you know, Jacques's kind of first several years here is is kind of um just just being, you know, plugged in, you know, where where he can be, especially in midfield. Uh I don't think he was the player we necessarily or he, you know, I mean, I hadn't seen him, but you know, before we signed him, really, and he wasn't quite the player I thought he was going to be, um, position-wise. I mean, but um, you know, I, I just find that Wenger quote so funny. Uh, but you know, sorry, getting off track a little bit. I, um, you know, from from uh, an age standpoint, from you know, a position of need standpoint, uh, what I knew about him, I believe he was already captain, correct, at Moichen Gladbach. Uh, yes, all that was. stuff. Uh, you know, really excited me about him. So having not been able to uh, see him, I was very excited about the transfer regardless. So what about you? Yeah, my my first memories of that was we obviously, like I said, we had the Jamie Vardy summer where where Uh we were chasing it and didn't get anywhere. And it was it was a crazy time because we we and and looking back, it's crazy. But at the time, we thought we were on the brink of maybe getting back there. And it was it was definitely going to be Arsene Wenger's last hurrah, he was in, there was already the infighting in the crowd. It had, it had already got to a bad point. You know, it, it kind of been saved by the, 
by the FA Cup against Hull. And right. Well, it, um, yeah, it was one of them where it was it was hard not to be excited about the player because of what we were thought we were buying. Um, but at the same time, looking back, you can see where it was starting to go wrong. Um, and that that season was was a tumultuous one all through, really. Um, for for Granite himself, he got two red cards. He got uh-huh. one against Swansea, which is when we should have started that if that was Granite Xhaka scout, because I don't think there's <laughs> another player in the world that would have been sent off for the, for a trip stop in a breakaway other than, than Granite Xhaka. It's the sort of foul that Kevin De Bruyne makes six times a game. Yeah. Um, and he got a red for that. And then he got a red against Burnley for, for a pretty bad challenge. Um, and that, you know, that's uh, Xhaka and Burnley have, have obviously had a few run-ins since down the years. But... We ended up finishing fifth. It was the first time since 97 we'd been out of the top four. We did win the FA Cup, which is, uh, you know, always a great feeling. We do like to we do like to win an FA Cup or two. Um, so overall, I would say his first season was actually pretty decent. Um, then we move into 17-18, which is where it really starts to go wrong, I think. Um, it started with a win in the Community Shield. Uh, it was pretty non-eventful. We weren't playing great in the early part of the season. We were winning some cup games. Then we had the Alexis Mkhitaryan swap in January. We had all the Ozil, yeah. Willy won't he sign a contract? And then we got beaten 3-0 by Man City in the cup final. Do you remember the uh, the very famous Mustafi watching Aguero just run onto a through ball behind him? Um yeah, and then it was announced that Wenger was leaving at the end of the season. Um, so it was a kind of tumultuous time, and, and I think at that point that the relationship between the team and the fans had become fractured for every, not just for Granite, but for for everybody. Um, and then when it was announced Wenger was leaving, it kind of bound everyone together for a really short time until we lost that semi final to Atletico. Um, and yep. I think at, at, at that point, I think it really, it, it got, it got very, very toxic, very quickly. Um, come the end of the season, uh, Granite actually played every single game in the league that season. He played 48 games overall. Um, and we, we really were at this point in that transition that I think a lot of people, although knew we needed, kind of feared, which was the end of Arsene Wenger. So what what do you remember at that point with Emery coming in um, and where we were at as a team? Man, that's kind of a tough one. I mean, I, I remember it, but I, I also, you know, kind of try to block it out. I, I remember being um, pretty optimistic about Emery, um, you know, but um, cautiously optimistic is probably a, a better way to put it. Um, I, I can't lie. I, I I was not the biggest uh, Granite fan back then after his uh, his, his first season. Um, you know, coming into seventeen eighteen, I I I know he played uh, every every game, uh, and I I think that's kind of where some tensions you know rose because he he was a mainstay. You know, he was like a first name on the team sheet, and a, a lot of people just didn't think he. You know, he had the mistakes in him, the red cards in him. You know. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were frustrated that he was one of the first names on the on the team sheet. Like oh, part of the yeah. frustration was that he never got dropped, regardless yeah. of what was going on. And he'd he'd started to play pretty deep. Um, I mean very deep, and everything we did went through him. Yeah. And we've 
learned since that that's not really his game and, and i think what we were doing and, and and i mean i was frustrated the same as everybody else was but what i think we were doing is we were blaming him for things that weren't his fault he was taking on responsibility because he had to and it was just stuff that he really wasn't suited to right yeah i agree who was he who was he partnering in 1718 in midfield was that ramsey mostly when he well, was fit? ramsey when he was fit yeah, um, because Ramsey was Ramsey was out a lot at that point. Um, it, it, it was a revolving door of, yeah. of midfield partners that he had basically that season, and he was always the one that was trying to lift everybody, trying to do everything on his own because he he has got that he has got that hero mentality in him where yeah. if you're not careful, he will take over everything because he thinks he has to. Um, and I think at that point that was that was happening an awful lot at, yeah. at that stage of the season, you know, because towards the end, especially, you know, Kazola was 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 out injured a lot. Oh. Um, we had Alex Iwobi was was playing a lot at, at that point. So yeah. I think I think Ainsley Maitland Niles played a lot of games that season, that season two, and El Nenny had come in. So it was a revolving door of partners and. I think he was basically just trying to uh, trying to assume too much. And then Emery came in and for a minute it kind of got better, right? Because we started off with that run and and I think you always when you when you get a lot of wins under your belt yeah. it starts to, you know, you start to feel like something's happening and, and and in retrospect it was very much Emperor's new clothes, it was stuff that that couldn't possibly last. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we all saw the underlying stats there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we all saw it, and we, you know, you you didn't even need the stats. You could see with your eyes. We were winning games while we were being outshot two to one, and we had it was a it was a series. I think we, did we win eleven in a row at one point, and they were all by by one goal. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, Emery had started to move Jacka further forward at mm-hmm. that point, and he was playing better because he was no longer having to get what he's not good at is getting the ball with his back to the opposition goal right on the edge of our own box right yeah because he's too slow yeah he's not the best at turning so and that was the position that that Wenger seemed to put him in a lot and Emery kind of took that took that off him and part of that was uh, part of that was Torreira um before Emery decided that Torreira would be the new Zinedine Zidane, but that's another story. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it was too. It was uh, if you remember back then, you know the the early first Emery. I mean, we were kind of the the uh, Kolasinac show. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and, were... and, and that was coming for, on Xhaka's side too. Mm-hmm. So, so it was running through Xhaka, and then and then you were getting Klaas Nash and, and the cutback and all that stuff, and that's kind of that's kind of where we were, and it was a. But it was a promising start, results-wise. I mean, I remember we, you know, we went to Wild Lane and, and Aubameyang missed that penalty that that would yeah. have made such a huge difference to the season. Um, but Xhaka actually played less that season than he has any other year with us. Um, I believe he was injured quite a bit that year. Um, but when we got to the end of that season, and we basically fell apart with with four games to go. We only needed a, I think we only needed one win, and we had home games against Crystal Palace and Brighton, and and we just fell to pieces. And then we went to Baku, and we had the nightmare in oh, nightmare yeah. in Baku. Yeah. And I think at that point, the relationships between everybody 
started to be very, very frayed. I mean, that was, it was, it wasn't rock bottom yet because that's still to come. Um, but it, it, it was getting there. Do you remember after that final and how you were feeling towards everybody basically? Oh yeah. I mean, that, that final was, was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, to be honest, I, I barely remember the game. I think I, uh, you know, started drinking 15 minutes in, you know what I mean? Just to deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was rough. And I, I, uh, you know, the atmosphere around the club, exactly what you're talking about, just, uh, it, you know, not quite rock bottom, but yeah, it was, it was uh, a lot of pessimism. Um, the relationships were definitely frayed. I think we had, uh, we already started, uh, you know, hearing some Emory outs uh, just after the first season. Yeah. It was a- and Rock granite again. was a granite was a lightning rod for that as well, and and part of it is because he will always stand up. It's just what he is. Mm-hmm. He takes the responsibility on himself, like we've said. He, he's the first one to come out and face the media. Um, so he was he was really front and center of that, and I think a lot of the fans' anger was was turned on on granite at that point. He we were we were. I mean, let's be fair. We signed him instead of Kante. Right, and we were watching what Kante was doing at Chelsea um, after what he'd already done at Leicester, and then I think people were looking at Shaka and going, "Well, this guy's got lead in his boots. Why? Why mm-hmm. did we sign someone who who stands on the edge of the area, gives the ball away, and gets booked every game, um, yeah. and occasionally gets sent off?" And it was it it was a mixture of everything that was going on at the time. Shaka was being played out of position, and I think he was just a, a lightning rod for everything that was going on. Yeah, I have to agree. And I mean, you know, credit, credit to Xhaka. I mean, we, we, we saw him do it, you know, even at that time for, uh, you know, for Switzerland, uh, you know, he, he always, you know, had the hero's performance for them. I feel like playing in a, uh, a different style, of course, but, you know, similar position and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I get where, you know, he was coming from. He obviously had the ability, but he was kind of always set up to fail as well, you know, with the way we were playing. Yeah, it, it just it just didn't suit him, and that I mean to be fair, that the end of the Emery era really didn't it really didn't suit anybody. Um, and after that comes the bit where we're going to hit rock bottom. So yeah. the next season, um, we start with Koscielny basically refusing to come back and play for us, and we had to get we had to sell him to Bordeaux, which left a void for the captaincy. Yeah. <laughs> now, at this point, the smart thing for anybody to do was name a captain. Emery refused to do that. So we had the votes on who was going to be captain, who wasn't going to be captain. Granite was already getting all of the stick in the world. Um, and this dragged on till actually September the 27th. Did you know that? We were a month into the season before they actually named a captain. It had rotated a lot during them mm-hmm. first few few weeks. And I think Granite had the armband a few times, um, but was never officially captain. And it was going badly. Uh, yeah. That that It started horrendously that season. It was getting worse. The football was absolutely dire. Yep. Um, and on the 27th of September, Emery announced that the team had made a vote and they'd voted Granite as captain. And I remember... It was a very unpopular decision with the fans at that point. 
It definitely was. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, in myself included, I, I won't, you know, uh, pass the buck off here. I, I mean, I, I was kind of over him being in the team at that point and naming him captain just meant, you know, he was that much more nailed on. He was that much more center of attention. I think, uh, you know, I mean, it really couldn't have come at a worse time. And I, I think, you know, we discussed this, me, you and Paz, uh, I don't think it would have been as bad if it wasn't such like a a protracted decision, you know, if he just uh, named him right in the beginning, you know, I think people would have had more time to make peace with it. But in that, that poor run of form, the, the horrible, awful football we were playing, then just to come out and do what we all knew he was going to do anyways, just, you know, made everything so much worse, really soured the atmosphere even more. Yep. So just one month later, we have the, the incident at home to palace. Um, and I personally, I think it's an incident that's been misconstrued quite a lot. So we are chasing a winner. Uh, and actually we're chasing a leveler and Emery sends or sends for Shaka to come off. Xhaka starts walking off of the pitch very slowly yeah. and boos start coming down, but the boos were not coming down initially for Granite Xhaka. They were coming down because of how long he was taking to get off the pitch right. when we needed a goal. Uh, do, do you remember that? I do. Yeah, I see it clearly in my mind still. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was an awful thing. So then he's walking off and the boos are getting louder. Um, it's now starting to get personal. And he turns around, shouts at everybody in the stadium to fuck off. <laughs> um, and Pass off he goes. Throws, throws, throws the armband, throws the yep. shirt off down the tunnel, yep. and that's it. And I, I think at that point, everyone was thinking, that's the last time we've seen him in an Arsenal shirt. And I think at that point, everyone was happy. I mean, we were happy to make a break from everybody at that point. Um, but Xhaka especially, I think, was was done at that point as an Arsenal player. And I think he said himself that at that point, he was done he was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, in, in typical fashion for that era, he actually wasn't even stripped of the captaincy for another two weeks after <laughs> that incident. Um, he refused to apologise, as, you know, I, th- I think Granit Xhaka is what Granit Xhaka is. If anyone's expecting him to apologise, then you've, <laughs> you're unaware of, of, of what he is. Right, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it took, it took two weeks to strip him of the captaincy. And we were again in horrendous form at that point. I mean, we were at that, we were in that run where they, they had to sack Emery, even though they really didn't want to. So they sack Emery and Arteta comes in, in December and pretty quickly reintroduces Xhaka to the team. And I think everybody was shocked by how quickly Arteta put him back in. Now let me ask you this cuz this the 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 um did Jaka play much under uh Lundberg for the No, he didn't play at all under Lundberg. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was when Lundberg brought the kids in. That was when we started That's seeing right. a lot more and yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. we played we beat West Ham. Um and we cuz it was at the, the West Ham game was our first one in God knows how many games we were we were playing terribly at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and Jaka was out of the team at that point. Arteta took over in December and it was it was late December by the time Xhaka came back into the team. He didn't come back in as captain, obviously, but he, he did come back in. Um, and of course, within two months of him being back in the team, 
COVID happens. Right. And everything got shut down. And 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 this is a pivotal moment that I don't want to skip over too much because I do wonder without COVID if Xhaka could have reinvented himself the way he did. Because we won the FA Cup that year. Um, Xhaka was an integral part of it. And I don't know he would have been given the chance to do that in a full stadium because everyone was still harping mad at him. Well, let's not forget too. That was the, that was the winner that, uh, you know, he publicly flirted with, uh, was it Hertha Berlin? Oh yeah. He was gone. And, and, and Arteta personally asked him to stay. Um, Yeah. And I believe he only asked him to stay until the end of the season. And that was, that was, that was all Xhaka would, would give him because he he said, you know, I'm not going to let you down, but I don't want to be here. Um, and I think that that's without, that's the thing without COVID, I think there's a very good chance that if a season had have ended in May as normal, um, I do think there's a very good chance he would have gone. I, I have to agree. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think the, uh, the, the crowd would have, would have been back on his side. Um, you know, I, th- I think having the, uh, the, you know, the crowdless stadiums and stuff like that actually was a, a blessing in disguise, especially for Jaka. You know, he didn't have the pressure, the the booze and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. He'd have been gone. Yeah. And and like I said, we won the FA Cup and, and Jaka was key in that. Um, so everyone was starting to feel a little bit better. There was a lot of optimism because obviously Mikel Arteta had come in and We'd we'd transformed a little bit. We'd beaten Liverpool in the league towards the end of the season, but we were still doing this while being heavily behind on XG and being massively outshot. Like the football hadn't changed that much at that point. We were just winning um, in the cups anyway. Um, So then we get to 2021 and we start by winning the Community Shield. And then we have another incident which could very easily, again, have been the end. And this was Granite getting sent off against Burnley at home. Do you remember this when we needed a I goal? Do. And I remember there was a lot of people. He's playing the fake hard man. Why yeah. is he doing this? And it, it it turned on him again. Not as bad as Palace, but it did turn on him again. And this is as recently as when was that? Was that no? Was that November twenty twenty? It was October or November twenty twenty. Um. And he, it may even have been the start of December, actually. But he, he he gets the he gets the ban, and then he comes back, and then I think this is a key moment for Mikel Arteta. It's a key moment for everybody in the team, and it's the Boxing Day win over Chelsea when Willian has flown somewhere and got COVID. Oh no, he went to the horse racing and got COVID and it forced Arteta to bring Emil Smith Rowe into the team. And Xhaka scored that day. And I think that looking back, that is very much the start of the resurgence. Do you do you remember everything starting to switch that day? I do, yeah. I would say that was maybe even, you know, obviously a trophy's a trophy, but that that was probably the most pivotal pivotal game in uh in our tennis reign up to that point um i mean it 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 literally was transformative yeah i i agree i think that that everything we're seeing now that was the start of it because that was the point where the old guard started to give way and the new players started to come through yep. and jackery's one of very few to survive that um but that's where it all started and his form began to pick up at that point. 
And towards the end of that season, he was playing okay. We were doing pretty well. Um, and then we started the 2021 season. And Granite had become a, a key part of the team by this point. I mean, he's, I'm not saying everybody loved him, but everyone had certainly started to warm to him. The mistakes were getting fewer. They were becoming less and less. He wasn't the captain anymore. And in fact, there was was a pretty big moment in a game when Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney ended up taking the armband because Xhaka wouldn't take it. Do you remember that? I do. I remember that. When, uh, who was it who was captain? Was it Aubameyang was captain? I can't remember who was captain. But he went off and tried to give the armband to Xhaka and he he wouldn't take it. And it, it was smart at that point because I remember someone saying that's disrespectful. And I just thought at that point we were drawing at home and Xhaka knew in that moment what taking the armband would have done to the atmosphere in that stadium mm-hmm. uh, because it would have signaled a, a return to the bad old days yeah. and he refused to take it. And in retrospect, that's another sign of leadership. But at the time, how did you feel when he, when he, when he did that, when he refused to take the armband? I was surprised, but but I agree. I think it was the right move. I mean, it was it was an incredible moment of self awareness uh, from Jaka. I think, and um, y- you know, I mean, it, it's easy to say in hindsight now, but I mean, you know, looking back, I mean, yeah, it, that that is that's a real sign of leadership. That's a team first, um, you know, attitude. He, it's you know, commemorable for sure. Yeah, and then he. There's another big thing going on that season as well behind the scenes, which was all or nothing was being filmed. Um, and I think that documentary has uh, it's had a huge impact on the whole club. And I think everybody at the club will look back on that with, I mean, huge pride. And I think that they're going to be so happy they've done it. But I don't know anybody came out of that other than maybe Arteta better than Granite Xhaka. I think in that all or nothing documentary, you really saw his leadership. You really saw what it meant to the players. And even when he got that red card at Anfield um, in the League Cup semi, we ended up drawing nil-nil and it actually got spun into a positive. And six months before, that would have been unthinkable with mm. with Xhaka. Um, but it got spun into a positive. And I remember the scene on, on All or Nothing where he's walking into the, he's walking out of the gym and someone shouts him about getting a red card and he turns around and says, oh yeah, me again. Thank you, Shaka. No one says thank you, Granite. And I remember at that point thinking that's, you know, that's him all over. He He takes responsibility for stuff, even when it's not his responsibility. He was back in a position that he shouldn't ever have had to be in. Um, he brought the guy down. It was a deserved red card. Again, that's him taking responsibility. And by that point, his stock had risen to the point where, like I said, there wasn't that huge that huge movement against him. And then a couple of months later, we have the 3-1 win over Man United, and he scores the blockbuster goal of the season. Um, at that point, I think the renaissance was basically complete. Is that how, how you feel with it? I do, yeah. It's definitely been my... Uh my favorite redemption arc in, uh, in recent memory. Um, the all or nothing doc. I mean, for me personally, I mean that it was huge for me. It, it definitely changed my perception of him. Uh, I, I guess, you know, we all knew as a fan base, I mean, we all knew that 
uh, you know, the, 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 the team, his team saw him as a leader, probably the leader of the team, but it wasn't really until all or nothing that, you know, like you mentioned that we kind of got to uh, a peek behind the scenes and really got to see, you know, what he does, the responsibility that he takes, you know, owning his own mistakes, uh, you know, the, the, the passion that he showed and stuff like that. I, it, it was really the big turning point for me and really had me warming to Xhaka. And it's, it's just been up and up and up for me since then. Um, yeah. I mean, that gets released um, coinciding with, with opening weekend this season. Uh, Granite moves into a left eight role. Um, pushing a lot further forward. Obviously, that's allowed by the fact that, that Zinchenko's in there and, and now Saliba and Gabriel have got the pace where they don't need the cover. And he's pushed up into a role that I don't think... any. And, and by this time, I, I he was already one of my favourite players at this point. Um, but I don't think anyone saw the impact that he was going to have. I mean, he got... as a he was First of all, he was named the vice-captain and everyone agreed with it. Which mm-hmm. I, I think is amazing. He won the Player of the Month awards for September and October. He'd never won one before. In fact, I don't think he'd even been in the running for one before that. And then his name being sung for the first time. Yeah. And I remember seeing his face when they when they did that. And that was a that was a crazy moment for a player who had gone to that low against Crystal Palace with the fans. Um, and you're only talking two seasons ago um, to the point where you, you thought he'd never play for you again to have his name ringing around the stands. That's, that's something pretty, pretty special. I think to go from that low to that high. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I mean, I, I didn't see it coming uh, for sure. You know, like you said, I mean, I, I thought he was done. So, I mean, it, it is really incredible, you know, how much it's really changed and how, how important, I mean, he's, He's always been important, but I mean, you know, just the 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 change in in his his attitude, his body language, and stuff like that is night and day. And I, I love seeing the crowd behind him now too. You know, it's it, it's just great to see. Yeah, it almost feels like he's not playing defense the whole time now. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a sense of he's playing further forward. I mean, it felt before like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. Everything he did, he knew that the crowd were going to get on his back. And that's gone now. Uh, it's gone for the whole team, but especially for Xhaka. And I think he's he was he always felt like if he had to be the lightning rod to save other people, he would be the lightning rod. Right. And now he doesn't have to be the lightning rod. And it's it's a it's a complete change. And when he scored the third against Spurs in that win at home, that was uh that was a real magical moment, I think, for for everybody. Um, you know, he's already He's already got his highest amount of goals in a season. He's doing little touches and cross turns that you didn't even know he had. He's overlapping, <laughs> he's underlapping, he's he's in the box. It it really is a special thing to to watch. And I think this is you know, he, he hasn't changed as a player. Right. He's he's changed the way the way he's being deployed has changed. Um and our perception of him has changed, but but he hasn't changed. He's still that same guy. I think he's matured a little bit. You can see now when he gets involved in stuff in a little bit of aggro, it's in right. a very, very measured manner. Um, and we love it when he does it now because he's staying on the right side of it and he's yep. doing it for the right reasons. Yep. Yeah, it's, you know, you, we've even seen him uh, uh, a couple of times, you know, uh, interfere and, in, 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 you know, push his own teammates away as well, you know, uh, with a smile on his face, which is, you know, not something you'd have seen two years ago. No, but definitely. 
Absolutely not. And then, of course, you give us one of the moments of the season just a couple of weeks ago when uh, after winning at Tottenham, um, Ramsdale gets kicked by a fan. And uh, <laughs> we spoke about this on the pod, but Arteta's dragging Ramsdale away and, and in comes Granite ready to fight 28,000 of them in that huge stand. Yep. Yeah, that was great. I still love that uh, the the uh, gift that was going around. You know, the moment Arteta saw, he had to uh, to uh, get involved there. But I mean, yeah, you're you're right. He's he's playing with uh, like a lightness, like a a freedom that he never had before. Uh, and I mean, it, it shows. You know, it shows in his play style. He looks like he's enjoying his football again. Um, you know, happy to be here. And uh, I mean, it, it changes everything. You know. Uh, now he's so integral. I think everybody wants him in the team. You know, everybody wants him to be one of the first names on the team sheet. I mean, it warms my heart to see him with the armband now, you know, when he gets it. And yeah, just an incredible, incredible arc really for him. Yeah, it it, it really is. I mean, he's, he's gone from being someone that everyone wanted out of the team to now, as you say, someone you can't imagine the team without. And I, I think the, the day he is without him is going to be a, it's going to be a sad day, I think. It is, yeah, yeah. I'm going to miss him for sure, but I think I think we still have a few seasons with uh, with Granite. You know, if 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 he wants to stay, I think there'll be a spot for him for a while. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the way it's going at the minute, I think he's gonna he's gonna want to stay. And you know, throughout, even at its worst, every manager picked him. Yep, every manager we had picked him regardless of of everything that was that was going on and that that speaks volumes and and like I said I think he was being asked to put out fires that it wasn't in his best interest to put out but he did it for the team regardless and I think that's something you can only really see in hindsight I think Xhaka's career with us you very much have to look at it from the end going well not the end but from this point going backwards rather than going forwards because it's it, it is a crazy arc um, and I, I'm just, I'm so glad that it happened because I think it's this season, which is pretty magical anyway. It just adds one more element to it. It does. Yeah. And I mean, what, what a unit the midfield is right now, you know, party, Xhaka, Odegaard. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of chemistry there. I mean, it's, it's taken, you know? Yeah, it, it is in, in, in a way that, that again, we, we didn't see coming, but Anyway, it was just a, a quick pod that we wanted to do and show our appreciation for Granite Xhaka because I think we we do really, really appreciate him and we're we're glad that and, and to be honest, maybe it's better this way. Maybe you have to have that terrible moment and maybe you have to have the bad times to really appreciate the good times, but the good times are definitely here now. Yep, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining, Jazz. Um, and we will see you all after the Man City game and, and talk to you all on Monday. Bye bye, Jazz. All right, bye guys. Bye. Great, isn't it? You see the atmosphere, it's fucking unbelievable then. <laughs>